0: Maxwell and Melbourne Football Club, you're listening to the Coaches Panel. This is Nat Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club. Trent Cotchen from the Richmond Footy Club. Scott Benderbury from the Collingwood Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Patrick Boots from the Carlton Footy Club. It's Rory Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows. This is Tom Mitchell from
1: the Hawthorne Footy Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hey friends, you got MJ from the Coaches Panel. Hope you're well and enjoying your start to not only your year of 2022, but also. The 50 Most Relevant, where every single day we drop a podcast talking about a player that I believe is amongst the most relevant players across formats of the game, all inclusive. So if you're a fantasy footy nut, whether you play Supercoach, Dream Team, AFL Fantasy, you draft in Ultimate Footy, or you just do all of them. That's what we love doing here at the Coaches Panel, talking about all formats of fantasy footy. And on every single one of these podcasts, always bring in guests, whether they're from the Coaches Panel or from the broader fantasy footy community. And a friend you're going to get to know a lot more in 2022 through the Coaches Panel is Louis. He was on yesterday. I managed to get him back on again for today's episode. Louis, how are you, buddy?
0: Good, MJ. Thanks for having me again. I'm feeling warmed up now, a little bit looser and uh, keen to get stuck into... Wayne Millera.
1: Yeah, Wayne Miller is number 48, and injuries have really robbed us footy fans of seeing him at full flight. But is 2022 the year? That's gonna be the big question. Gosh, still just a young pup himself, but defensive eligible. And that's really important for us as we look at the value options deep in the back line. And no doubt we'll talk about that as this podcast goes on. Did not play at all last year. So no top scores or averages to look at, but his career scores did come back in 2018. It was 116 in AFL fantasy and dream team against the Gold Coast Suns while his top score ever in super coach is 112. You might go MJ. How does a guy can't even crack 120 make the 50 most relevant? Great question, friend. Here's why. Let's look at his price. He's $271,100 in Supercoach. He's about 70K more than Jason Horn Francis. That's why we're talking about him at this point in the 50 most relevant. In AFL Fantasy, just to touch on $378,000 while in Dream Team, the cheapest of all of the formats, 263,000 dollars Hundred, Gosh, this boy is cheap. And, Louis, one of the worst things in football is seeing really highly gifted and talented players continue to have their careers interrupted by injuries. And for, certainly for Wayne, for Crows fans and us as fantasy footy coaches, we've just missed out on seeing Wayne Miller for the better part of the past two seasons. But at his peak, sometimes we can forget these guys when they haven't played for a couple of years. But at his peak... He's got dashing running carry that gives you these flashing moments of, of, a, of a young Andrew McLeod. He can break over in the game with his speed, elite foot skills. And then you, maybe you've seen the gifts, maybe you haven't. But this guy's got this uncanny ability to just, when he's surrounded by opposition, to just get out of the most deadly traffic. Um, he's a really smart footballer.
0: Yeah, and he's hit the ground running ever since he was drafted, MJ. Obviously, yeah. it was a pick 11, so he was highly rated. Came in average 50, which I think is priced um, below that this year, perhaps, yeah. so or thereabouts anyway. And then really in 2018, 2019, he started to hit his straps and started to look like, like you said, a, a young Andrew McLeod dashing off of those halfback flanks and wings. And I can remember a couple of games where he was pushing the 70-80 uh, even close to halftime. And unfortunately, yeah. he just didn't quite discover that ceiling. But we're talking about a bloke who was 21 or 22 at the time. True. Fortunately, it's been two years. Uh, he hasn't really gotten on the park. He's played two games. And uh, in that time, he has done six preseasons. Yeah. So far, he's really fit. He's done, I think, every single session by all reports. So yeah. looking into 2022, Wayne Malera starts to become... Very, very interesting knowing what he's been able to produce.
1: Yeah, it's true. Look, no games uh, of, even in the preseason, no games for Wayne Miller that we're really going to really talk about. He played just the two games in 2020 before a foot injury ended his season, but he did show some promise in that game. Round one against the Swans. Uh, he scored 96 in Supercoach and a 70 in AFL Fantasy. Now, remember back in 2020, shortened quarters. So that's an uh, adjusted 87. It's limited data. But it was tracking with the scoring of previous seasons. Um, at the start of 2019, he came flying out of the blocks. 87, 95, 96, and 86 in AFL fantasy. While well, super coach, very similar. 82, 105, 109, and 86. It's not a bad first four rounds and then a dislocated shoulder interrupted his next five weeks. Then upon his return, the, the next six scores, um, he delivered a further six scores above 80 that year, including a DT and AFL fantasy tonne and three scores, 96 plus, including a 114 in SuperCoach. So is that amazing? Well, no, it's not. but but we're not paying or even expecting for Wayne Miller to be a top six to 10 defender for us this year. What we are doing is we're looking for him to be a stepping stone candidate to move us from that in-between range of just above a a cash cow to get us those steps closer to affording a premium. If you want to look into the 2018 data, you can too. But there was a stretch of games in in 2018 and through to 2019 where the guy could score 85-plus. In fact, if you look at his last nine games of 2018 and the first four of 2019 – in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team, he averaged 87 and 93 in Supercoach. Safe to say at this price point, if he can return anything even near that, he'll be one of the best value buys of the year. But, Louis, the question mark really isn't about does he have any scoring chops. The data suggests that he does. The biggest concern and the reason a lot of coaches might just steer clear of Wayne Miller this year Is for what you mentioned right at the top of the episode. He's played one full game of of AFL footy over the past two seasons.
0: Yeah, he has, MJ, but that's partly the reason that you do start him because uh, he's a guy, and I know you love to say this all the time, MJ, (laughs) if you know that he's injury prone, then you may as well start him to begin with because if he, he, let's say he bangs out a 90 round one, a 90 round two, and you go, oh, hang on. Uh, that break even's going down, the scoring's going up. He's going to go up 200k in the next couple of weeks. You then can't jump on that because you've increased your risk that you're yeah. actually going to have to trade him out based off of less weeks of scoring in your side. So I think with Wayne Malera, his his previous injury almost become irrelevant yeah. because of his price. I think it is just such a layup if he's fit, named round one that you start him in in all your formats because. I think I'm. In fact, I'm extremely confident. He's a guy that can go 70 plus, yeah. and I wouldn't be surprised if he pushed 90 because he's he's going to be absolutely frothing football all over. Yeah. His, I mean, two years out of the game for a young kid like him, he's only 24. Yeah, so he's going to come in. He's going to go hell for leather. He's going to want to have. He's going to want to prove a point. He's got a new coach under Matthew Nix. He's going to want to cement his side, uh, young up and coming crow side. He's going to want to sort of bring them behind him to show them that he's part of the team as well. Uh, there's only so many times that you can just go to training without, you know, suiting up on that Friday, Saturday or Sunday. So I think it's time for Wayne Malera to, uh, to go bang. I'm, I'm really quite bullish on him this year.
1: Next yeah. Year. And I'm, I'm with you. And at that price point, there's just no risk. Um, at that price range, you're talking about key defenders for the better part and largely fantasy irrelevant scoring options. But here you've got a guy that as we've already said, has historical chunks, like months of football where he can go 80 plus across the formats. Yeah. There's a risk that he gets injured. But as you said, you bank the games he plays, you bank the scores, you bank the cash generation. And if he breaks down, well, fine. You just trade him out and you move on, but you've banked that cash. You've banked those points. Don't fall into the trap. Miller is 100%. It's a start or a void for the entirety of your season. He might start a little slow, Um, As he's only now just coming into full training as we hit this month of January and just days away now at time of recording of, of the full training commencing, but Darren Burgess and the Crows are really keen and confident with what they've seen from him. And the other things I like about him is the fact is he's got that round 13 buy, And so as a stepping stone candidate, you can either run him for the first six to eight weeks, train him out at his price point where he hits that bubble. And then awesome. You can go and jump on an option to fit your structure or, You can run him through to round 13. And if you like the looks of a Jaden Short or a Jordan Ridley who have just come off the buys, you you can make a move and do that. That Crow's midfield is certainly different to the way it left. Um, They've unearthed, um, a wealth of talent on the outside with Lockie Scholl being developed internally. They've resurrected the career of Paul Seedsman and Jordan Dawson as a trade. So they've got some now some nice outside class and run, but in terms of role, I see Miller playing off the flanks and pushing high up the wings. And we know just from looking at Seedsman scoring last year, where he averaged 90 plus across the formats. There's some points in that Crows outside game where under Matthew Nix, that game style is fast daring take the game on run and carry look for the first option in space and go and miller makes really fast smart football choices and so for me i'm with you i think i've got confidence in selecting him if and this is the if if he has a faultless preseason, if he has setbacks conversation changes If there's, oh, we're just going to be conservative with him over this next month of January and February, the alarm bells need to start ringing and then you need to have a backup plan. Um, Yeah, he's crazy value. So if if he has a a backup plan is needed, if he goes down, if they're monitoring, if they're like, oh, he's a little tight on the cut, whatever it is, you'll need to have a backup plan because if you don't have a plan, your entire structure will fall over at that price point. But for me, I'm, I'm with you, Louis, if he gets through the rest of this half of the preseason with no nicks, no con- not Matthew Nicks, but nicks of injuries, not Matthew Nicks, you just gotta start at this point, don't you? If he has a faultless rest of the preseason.
0: Yeah, I mean, I liken him to a rookie, MJ. We sit here as coaches and stress and stress and stress over job security. And quite often we'll see, oh, round four, he's gone for a rest. Well, if you think that he potentially could be injured by round four, but he's only a stone's throw away from what a rookie price is, obviously. I think it's 290K in AFL fantasy this year. So he's what, 60K on top of that? Yeah,
1: he's within 100K of all formats of the top rookie price.
0: So you're even able to go down to the form rookie anyway, if it were to be worst case scenario. So that may be a backup plan for you as well.
1: Yeah, there's no one at his price point that, that has proven, not just hoped or projected, proven ability to score fantasy hundreds and 80 plus scores consistently. He may start a little slow and some coaches might jump off early, but I think at his price point, you're right. You can't go wrong. If he's injury-free for the rest of the preseason, no concerns. It's one of the easiest picks, and especially if his ownership continues to maintain the heights that it currently has, then there is no risk because every man and his dog is going to have to trade him out too if that worst-case scenario happens. So for me, I think it's one of the easiest picks of the year on the premise that he has an injury-free rest of the preseason. But drafts are different. Louis. Because in salary cap formats, he gets injured. Oh, you can trade him out for a bloke at a similar price point. Whereas drafts, injuries, whew, that, that's the best of um, gift you can give a coach on draft day is availability. And Miller has not got much of that. But at one point in the draft, he'll provide incredible value for a coach at one point in the draft. The question is, how early do you feel confident to jump on him where would you be looking to pick him on draft day um louis is it is it bench cover is it one of the last two spots of defenders on field like where do you feel confident going after wayne miller on draft day
0: oh look he's certainly bench cover Um, I think he's someone who's going to slide right down to the back end of drafts, uh, potentially a little bit earlier because he does carry a little bit of name value. Yes, I think also uh, Crows fans such as yourself, MJ, may go a little bit earlier at the back end of the draft just to shore him up on your bench, just knowing that he's got that potential to be that player. Uh, But for me, I would probably leave him be. I think he's a player that will go undrafted depending on how deep Size. his draft is. Certainly yeah. for my drafts, he would go undrafted. But um, yeah, he's gonna be he's gonna be one of the late rounds. Yeah,
1: he's he's a late round pick. It, uh, that's the key thing with draft. It's all about squad sizes, coaches that that ultimately determines what it is. But if you're running like five defenders on field, I'd I'd be all right with taking a light flying one of your last picks in the draft, maybe your last oh, yeah. on field pick with Miller, because the upside is huge, and then you just draft an extra defender if you have to. There's a 70s plus defender on the on the waiver wire every single week for you to grab from the player pool. So, yeah, you you're right. One of those last few picks on the field or it was one of your last picks as, as your bench cover. Yeah, Miller could be a really nice pop candidate for you.
0: Yeah, and I think he could probably if the best case scenario happens, MJ, yep. I think he could potentially be a, you know, a D3. Yeah. But if yeah. he goes 85-90, you're laughing
1: yeah well that's so, the upside isn't it
0: yep so you may as well put him on your bench or you know if you've got a really deep team d5 or d6 and and just uh pray Yep, yeah, that's pretty much what every what wayne's do doing
1: in the season what crows fans are doing what fantasy coaches do doing. just thoughts and prayers uh for wayne miller that is for sure hey mate as always an impressive bit of work from you thanks for joining me on this episode no thanks for having me as always mj Uh, If you've liked this podcast episode or any of the previous two before it of Callum Mills at 49, Riley O'Brien at 50, well, the good news is uh, you can go back and check all the, all those articles at CoachesPanel.tv, or you can check out the podcast wherever you're listening to this one from. If you want to get the podcast 24 hours early, you can join our Patreon supporter group. All the links for that are at CoachesPanel.tv. That's just one of a bunch of different rewards you get for being a supporter of the Coaches Panel. Wow, three names in tomorrow. We're using one of the biggest performers of 2021 he was one of the most relevant players in his line last year but who is he And why is he so low in the 50 and why is nobody picking him because this guy was one of the most reliable scorers of 2022 who is he i'll tell you about this player tomorrow